If you turn in your Bibles to the second book of Kings, Kings, Second Kings, chapter two, Second Kings, the second chapter. You can just leave your Bible open there. Um, in recent months, I have heard a cry. I hear it here in our community. I hear it in different places where I've traveled. I heard it from our Ethiopian community that we oversee. I heard it from the, our Arabic congregation. I recently heard it in Indonesia. And I heard it very powerfully from Chinese believers in Hong Kong last week. And it's a cry from people's hearts. But it's also a cry from God's heart. And the cry is this. People are crying out for spiritual parents. They are crying out for spiritual fathers and mothers. And so is the Lord. Father, I bring this word before you this morning. I ask you to take it. I ask you to release it in me in a deeper way. I ask you to continue to work this in me. And Lord, I ask you that you will release this and impart this with deep, deep heart penetration that you will bypass our minds and place this in our, in our spirits that we can walk in the abundant life that you have given us. I ask you to speak clearly under the power of your spirit. And I ask you, Lord, for a fresh anointing. And I pray this prayer, Abba, in the name of your son, Yeshua. Amen. Now, on this mountain, of course, we talk a lot about Elijah, and we preach about Elijah, and I've written about Elijah. <clears throat> and the reason Elijah is so important for the last days is that the last verse of the book of Malachi, which completes the Old Testament, is that before the great and terrible day of the Lord, I will send you the prophet Elijah. This is a now word for now. It was not about John the Baptist. It's about us. And it says, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children 
to the fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The world, in many parts of the world, there is a curse because of the lack of fathers and mothers. You can look at Africa and you can see millions of children because their parents have died of AIDS or whatever. We support a worker in, in Mozambique and she has hundreds of orphans. You can look at pictures of Russia today, Moscow and St. Petersburg and you see children living on the streets. The divorce rate in America is about 50% of marriages. And the statistics say that the believers are just about the same in America. And so we have children without fathers and children without mothers. Or maybe they have a mother, but they don't have a father. And it's a cry of, the, of, of, of this generation's heart. And Paul said, you have a lot of teachers, but you have not many fathers. So I want to look at this verse here, 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 12. Elisha saw it and he cried, Avi, Avi, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen, so he saw him no more. He took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. Elijah was a great father. He raised up Elisha, his spiritual son, and trained him for seven years. And when it was time for Elijah to go back to heaven to the father, and as, as he left, his spiritual son, with the deepest cry of his heart, screamed, Avi, Avi, my father. He was losing his father. The two of them, the father and the son, we lost our sound and our sound man. Where is he? Oh. Hallelujah. Does he have sound, Elio? Okay. We've been at, ever since this school of ministry began yesterday, the spiritual warfare on this mountain with telephones and fax machines and and now this and and, and emails and we can't phone from here over there. Let's uh, let's take authority over this. Amen. In the name of the Lord Yeshua, we take authority over every interruption to communication that the enemy would try to send against God's works on this mountain. We rebuke the enemy in the name of the Lord, and we ask you to release clear communication through all the computers and through all the cell phones and all the technology that you've given us, Lord. And I pray for your peace on those who work in the offices that have been dealing with this. Thank you that you've given me peace in it and the others, Lord. 
So we thank you, Lord, and we know what the enemy is up to. You're about to do something, and we rebuke him in the name of the Lord, and we pray for the fullness of what God is going to do here today. In Yeshua's name, amen. Now, he lost his spiritual father. Now, when he met Elijah, the Lord had told Elijah, go and get this young man. And Elijah walked up and put his cloak on him. Fathers clothed their children. And Elijah looked at Elijah and said, that is a man that I'm going to follow. The integrity the honesty, the power, the anointing on that man. So Elisha said goodbye to his own father and mother. He left everything and he followed a spiritual father. He saw something in the man that drew him to say, I'll leave everything to go and follow that man. God is looking for spiritual fathers and mothers who will, first of all, be an example to the flock. That a younger person will look at that person and say, I'm going to be like that person. Sometimes when we have all night worship and, and praise and prayer nights here, I watch our youth worship team up here. And the young ladies that are just 12 or 13, they, they all stand here. And they look at the youth worship team. And they start moving like them, and they want to be like them. Why? Because they are modeling something for them that is drawing them that they want to be worshippers. So Elijah was this great father who discipled his son for seven and a half years, and the two of them changed northern Israel. Why? Because they as fathers, the sons and the daughters just kept multiplying and there were there were schools of prophets, there were prophets prophesying all over the land, thousands were coming to the Lord. Now the words for father in Hebrew, Av, it means this. It means a producer, somebody who produces something. So we're all called to be spiritual fathers. Now you might think, well, I'm only 20 years old. You're still called to be a spiritual father. Because younger people are looking at you. And what are they seeing? So... A, a father produces something. So what are you producing? It also means, Av means architect. See, fathers are to 
supposed to produce children and then help shape them and nourish them. And Av also means builder. How are you building the children, the next generation the Lord has given you? And Elijah and Elisha modeled this for thousands of people. And that's what God wants to do in a deeper way here and all over the international body all over the world. Karen and I are privileged to be in association with a kind of a, a loose movement in Germany that's about fathers and mothers. Now, years ago, when Karen and I were living in New York and married, we went to a meeting one night. And David Wilkerson had come back to New York to start a congregation. Now, we went there because I had a friend who was an alcoholic and I wanted him to get saved. I had never heard David Wilkerson speak. And as he spoke, as I looked at him, he had a guitar player two singers and, a, and a, a trumpet player that had just gotten out of jail. The anointing of the Lord was so tangible. And I realized this is a man of no compromise. With the compromise of stuff all over the body of Messiah, all over the world. I looked at this man and said, this is a man who tells it like it is, who has such integrity, who is so honest and transparent. He was, he was repenting about something. And that he loves the drug addicts and the alcoholics and the people living on the streets. And the community that we were part of didn't want us to even deal with them. I looked at that man and I said, that's somebody I can follow. I'm going to get involved with him. So we, we, we left and we went back home on the subway in New York City. Karen had started crying during the message. She was crying in the subway. Actually, it was embarrassing. People were looking at her. And she kept crying. And finally, I said, what is it? And she said, I don't know, but God's hand is on me. And the Lord had supernaturally touched us. And so we did. We got involved with this man. And uh, he took us under his wing. And he became... What I needed was a spiritual father. And as we travel and minister, or minister here in Israel, I was telling Karen the other day, I bless God the day he gave us a spiritual father, because so many people don't have one. And so there is a cry. 
for the body of Messiah to get matured and father and mother the next generation. And one of the reasons I think this happens, and Julie, I think your word spoke to it a few minutes ago. A lot of us don't know the Father's love. If we only knew how much our Heavenly Father loves us, because we can, as human beings, compare him to our father or other fathers, and fathers aren't perfect, beginning with me. But it is an end-time cry that is universal across the body of Messiah. I didn't know it, but in Hong Kong, the Holy Spirit changed the whole thing, the direction we were going, and I went into to, to the, the, the love of the Father. And all these leaders started weeping. And later one of them told me and said, in, in, in China, the children have little contact at all with the Father. He works hard or something. And yet these were believers and leaders. And so it is, it is a word for the last days the Spirit and power of Elijah turns the hearts of the fathers to the children. And everything I'm saying this morning also applies to women, mothers. Let's look at one. Let's turn to Judges, chapter 4, about Deborah. Deborah was married. She was a leader. She was a prophetess. People came to her for counsel. She had prophetic words for people. She was a leader in Israel. As usual, the enemies of Israel were attacking them. It was, it was happening right down at the foot of the mountain here on the Kishon River. And so Deborah prophesied, we need to go and deal with this. And the general said to her, Barak, he said, I'm not going unless you go. Now she was such a leader that even the men went to her and knew that the prophetic word is what leads you straight to victory. So in chapter 4, verse 8, Barak said to Deborah, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, they have courage, spiritual courage. They confront evil. They have high standards. Deborah had high standards. She said, let's go confront the evil. They, they don't sweep it under the rug. They deal with it. And so she led the, she led the army. 
army. Over here on Mount Tabor, you can see it from the top of our building. And after the great victory that happened right down at the foot of the mountain, they began to sing this song all over Israel. It's come to be known as the Song of Deborah. Chapter 5, verse 1. Deborah and Barak, the son of Avinoam, sang on that day. That must have been wonderful, seeing the general and the prophet are singing together. And look what it says, verse 2. When leaders lead in Israel, the people will willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. The people are looking for godly leadership. They're longing for it. I mean, I love it when I need a father of the fathers. An elderly man that ministers to leaders. But the people are looking for leaders. The children are looking for godly parents. Believe it or not, they want authority. Godly authority. God-given authority. Compassionate authority. Why? Because we're built that way. That's the way the Lord made us. And so we need leaders who will confront evil but are fathers and mothers at the same time just like Elijah and Deborah. Look at verse 7. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. Isn't this lady wonderful? She's a prophet. She's a warrior. She's fearless. She confronts evil. And she's an ima. She's a mother. That's wonderful. And this, she's such an example for godly mothers as Elijah is for godly fathers. Now, fathers produce and mothers reproduce. Mothers produce too. But the question is, when we go before the Lord, what are we reproducing? In other words, how are we nurturing the spiritual or the natural children the Lord has, has given us. What does the mother do? She goes through pain to have a baby. Peter, Peter and Danny and I don't understand that. But some ladies here do. Amen? Luan, Luan has both hands up. 
And not only that, you feed the child. And you clothe the child. The father is really supposed to do that. But you nurture the child. You don't hurt the child, you nurture the child. If you do hurt the child as a godly father or mother, you should say you're sorry and ask forgiveness of the child. You know, one day Karen and I became fathers and mothers. And it happened to be to an 11-year-old boy and his brother who was a 13-year-old boy. And we began to read books like Daring to Discipline. Anybody else read that? <laughs> and so uh, for, the boys came into House of Victory, the two brothers. And they had to go to school. So I th- said, well... All, all Israeli kids have backpacks. So they're going to school in about an hour. So I said, I saw some backpacks at the bus station. I'll run down there and buy one. I went down there and bought one. The only one they had. Came up to House of Victory. And gave it to David who was sitting over there. He was 11. The backpack was pink. I said, here, you can put your books in. He looked at me with an indescribable look. And I realized... I just made my first mistake as a father. So, I said, after school, let's go somewhere and find one that you like. But spiritual mothers and fathers are trying to to meet the needs of their children. Why are there so few? Why is this this cry all over the body? Why is it that there's so few fathers and mothers? I praise God that there's some people sitting in this meeting. That other people here call their spiritual fathers. And mothers as well. And my prayers, Lord, just multiply it. Okay, why is it? Number one, I believe one of the major reasons is, is that many believers do not understand or believe or experience the love of the Father. We fall in love with Yeshua. We read the four Gospels and we read His words and we love Him. He's so awesome and wonderful. We read about Him dying for us and, and so we love Him. But, but the Father it seems to be more distant to, from us and it's, it maybe it's more difficult to know the Father's love. When the Lord created Adam and Eve, He created this planet. He said, here I'll make this long neck thing with spots, and Adam, you can call it a giraffe. 
אומר, הנה, אדם, אני אברא את היצור הזה עם נקודות וכתמים, ואתה יכול לקרוא לדבר הזה ג'ירפה. ואני נותן לך שלטון על כל מה ששוחה בים. אני נותן לך שלטון. We were on our way to a meeting in Hong Kong recently. And this wonderful congregation is built on a huge wharf that goes out into the, the uh, port of Hong Kong. So Karen's leading worship and through the windows you see boats going back and forth. But as we walked up there, the leader that was with me said, you know, a lot of times after these meetings, I buy some of this fish here. There were all these... These big, you know, boxes full of fish. And there was some stuff there that I would never want to eat. In fact, we had dinner in a restaurant owned by a leader and, and we were having soup. Then the man said to Karen, how do you like the soup? ואז הבן אדם שאל את קרן, מה את חושבת על המרק? אז היא אמרה, זה טוב, מה זה? אז הוא אמר, זה דג, שפתיים של דג. ואז אמרנו, מה המנה הבאה? אבל כל הדגים בים, כל העצים, כל החיות, הכל, הוא נתן את זה לאדם וחברה. אני אקח ממך את החלק ממך, אני אעשה אותה לאישה תהיו בשר אחד. והוא הסתכל ואמר, זה טוב מאוד. ומה הם עשו? הם מרדו כנגד האהבה של האבא. האם זה כאב לו? It must have agonized him. The Father who has given us everything we need. A father being hurt by his children. Think of the Father's pain. For centuries, the first two brothers, Cain kills Abel. The family is falling apart. The agony the Father went through. When we get to Abraham, he takes his only son, takes him up to Mount Moriah, and when it's today Jerusalem, he's getting ready to sacrifice him. He's carrying the wood, Isaac's carrying the wood. We all know what that points forward to, what foreshadows. The crucifixion of Yeshua going, carrying his own cross. But it didn't happen. He didn't sacrifice his own son. But think of this. The Father in heaven, watching it, knowing what it pointed towards, that one day, his son would come and die for you and me. Now, we... When I read the crucifixion, it's painful. We study it. We marvel at how Yeshua could do such a thing for us. But what about the Father? It pleased the Lord to crush him. Let me say it again. 
It pleased the Father to crush Yeshua. That's what Isaiah 53, 3.10 says. What agony did he go through? What pain would you go through if that was your only son? It pleased the Lord. Why? Why? What could possibly be the answer? There's only one answer. He did it for you and me. He did it for you and me. Let's look at it. Turn to Isaiah 53.10. Isaiah 53.10. We're talking about the Father's love. So that we can understand and receive more of it, so we can give more of it. Isaiah 53.10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him or crush him. He's put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. What kind of love is this? This is amazing love. This is love that's hard for us to even comprehend. God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him will have eternal Life. And we, we think and we know and we meditate on Yeshua came and died for me. The Father sent him. Because Yeshua agreed to come, it says so in Isaiah 49. Yeshua agreed to come, of course. But the Father, the Father's heart, when Yeshua came to die for you and me, what happened in the garden? As Yeshua wept in the garden, and Luke says it was like great drops of blood and tears coming down into the sand. Now we know that, that he, he, he was dealing with having to choose as a man and as the Son of God at the same time to take all the sin of the world upon himself. But I believe this, that he was also understanding. Can we, some usher, please just take that child out, be a good father to her or him. Amen? So, when Yeshua was in the garden, I believe he was also crushed. Because he was thinking and seeing down the, the, the years of how many people, how many millions of people would reject his perfect gift of love. What was the father going through while the son was in the garden. When he died on the cross, 
the father turns his back on him the first time in eternity which we don't understand that there was any separation between the father and the son this father this heavenly Father, this love of the Father, if we could only get a glimpse of it, and, and not just understand it a little bit, but get it into the reality of who you are, that I have a Father who loves me eternally, and you, you can call on that love. He's already given it to us. Because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit who has been given to me. It's, you already have it. But for some reason, so many believers don't activate it or tap into it. Turn to Luke chapter 15. The 15th chapter of Luke. Luke 15. You all know this story. The father gives the inheritance to the younger son and he goes and throws it all away. Finally, the son realizes what a mistake he's made. He comes back in, in rags. One of Rembrandt's greatest paintings shows the prodigal in the rags with no shoes leaning on the, with a shaved head, leaning on the father's heart who is covering him. The father doesn't say, tell me you're sorry. The father doesn't say, why didn't you thank me? The father runs out to him and just loves him. And in that painting of Rembrandt, when you look at it closely, there's a couple other people there. And one of them is the older son. And he's standing there like this, watching this scene between the father and this and the older son's brother. And you know what happens. The father has a party for his son. The father doesn't beat you when he comes back. He puts clothes on you, a ring on you, gives you sandals, says, let's go have a party. But the older son comes. And here's the party. And won't go into the party. And now the father who's already brought the one son into the party has to go out to the older son. And he looks at the older son and the older son starts accusing him. And I think, that, I think this is what we do to God the Father a lot. It's the first thing Adam did. He says, 
The woman you gave me made me do it. It's, it's the first blame shifting. It's not my fault, it's your fault. He didn't know the father's love. He gave him this wonderful wife. So here's the older son. And let's just read this verse. He says, verse 31, this is the father speaking to the son. Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. My brothers and sisters, the Father says to you, I've always been with you, and everything I have is yours. This is the love of the Father. I believe that there are legions of believers around the world who may not realize it, but they're like the older son. If you're honest with yourself, you'll all admit we were the younger son at one point. And, we, and, and people like that say, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And they're still judgmental. And the father's saying, receive my love and come on into the party. Let's all get together. You know, sonship is the key to being a good father. Let me say it again. Sonship, learning to be a good son. If I can be a better son to my heavenly father, wait on him, listen to him, serve him, talk to him, I'll be a better father. I'll be getting more fatherhood. And the Lord is saying to us, he's looking for fathers and mothers. Especially in Israel, where we live, but whatever nation you're from. And we have these, these great examples. You know, John says this, said this in, in 1 John. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. The word means, John sees it, and, and the word means this, that the Father has heaped and poured and showered and giving abundantly love that we could never possibly know, and we're children of God. And he's blown away by it. Abraham is the father of our faith. Why did God choose him? Because he trained him to be a great father. In, in fact, the Lord says of Abraham, I have known him and chosen him. 
that he might direct his children. That's why he did it. It wasn't just giving the promised land that he knew he would take care of the kids in the promised land. That he would direct his household and his children, the Lord says. To keep the way of the Lord. We need to raise high standards. We used to say to our boys when they lived with us, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what we do here. And here's the standard. You don't do this, you don't do that. And it's because we love you, so it won't, you won't hurt you and you won't get all messed up. Now, knowing the Father's love, I, I, I need, maybe I ought to write a book about this. I have oceans about it, but I want to move on. Let me just say this to you. Please hear me. You have got to ask the Lord. Help me. Realize and, and, and get real in me the love of the Father. Talk to the Father. Talk to Yeshua to help you with the Father. Yeshua takes your prayers to the Father, you know. If you see Him, you see the Father. But get to know you will have you will have people coming to you that need to know the love of spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. Now, if you don't get it, you won't be able to fulfill the Lord's command. Because he tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, it's not a big deal if you love people like you. You need to love people who aren't like you. You need to love people who hurt you. You not need to do, uh, love people who say things about you that aren't true. And then he says this, be perfect even as your Father in Heaven is perfect. He tells us to do that. Let's look at it, Matthew 5. Matthew 5, This is Yeshua speaking to his disciples, and today to you and me. He says, therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now if you see a therefore, find out what is therefore. Go back to the, go back to the verse above it. Verse 47, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Be you being made mature as a father or a mother. Even as your heavenly father is. Is there something of the Heavenly Father about you? Hmm? 
I'm asking you. Has some of your characteristic, your character, have you got some of the Heavenly Father about who you are? I'm talking to women, too. We need to receive the character of the Father. Is there a family likeness between you and Abba? How much? This is so important that you get how serious this is. Because God, I'm telling you, I hear a cry. He, God is crying and the body is crying for spiritual fathers and mothers. So he says this to us. We should be growing into complete maturity as fathers and mothers. It means godliness of mind, our thoughts. It means our character. Reaching its, its highest potential. In, in virtue, in goodness, in kindness, in integrity. Now, that may be, that may be one of the most startling Verses in the whole Bible to me. But God would never tell us to do it unless He would give us the power and the grace to do it. Listen, when a Muslim comes to the Lord, there's no word in the Quran that means Abba, Father. Muslims are undone. When they found out God is their father. They'll scream, why didn't anyone I never knew. But we know. If you know the Lord, the Lord is speaking to you that he wants you to mature you as a godly parent if you're 20 years old. During the war last summer, I got emails, I guess people, some old friends and relatives from many, many years found out I was in Haifa and were emailing me. Because Haifa was on the news, they finally saw where it was, I guess. So I got an email from a young man who was one of my cousins. And there's a picture in my, in my study of my grandfather and grandmother's 50th wedding anniversary. My father and mother, all, all the uncles and aunts and cousins, I don't know, there's about 50 people there or more. And there's this cute little blonde boy, like the youngest kid in the picture. And I look at me, and I was in high school. And this young kid's father was my hero. 
He was my uncle. My mother's brother. And the reason he, this, yeah, this, my uncle was my hero, he had fought in World War II and was, was, was told me terrible stories. He, he was, uh, you know, hurt in, in Germany. Had all these medals and stuff. And he gave them all to me. I used to go around dressed up as my uncle. But the uncle was so damaged by the war. He was my brother's, uh, my father, uh, my mother's youngest brother. He became an alcoholic. And ended up on the streets. And the family fell apart. The wife left and took this little boy. My mother found my uncle in the streets of Washington, got him into a rehab, praise God. So the little boy in the picture emailed me last summer and said, I'm your cousin so-and-so. And he says, you were always the one I looked up to. Me. And I was in high school. And I never. And he said, I, want, I need to meet you. So I sent him my book. I've been emailing him back and forth. And we're going to do some meetings in San Francisco, and he's bringing all the cousins. They're all over California. They're all coming to the meetings in San Francisco. And what I realized when I looked at that picture, half the people in it are dead. And I'm now the patriarch. I'm the oldest one left. The kid that was in high school that had a little kid that thought the high school kid was cool because I played football or something, I don't know. And the Lord really spoke to, spoke to me through this. This little boy lost his father. And he's crying for spiritual fathers. It's like, it, it, and you know, there are millions of cases, billions all over the world that are much worse than this. And so the Lord is speaking to us that He wants to see young people and older people like me matured into spiritual fathers and mothers. We just the, the standard is you love those that do bad things to you. That's what Yeshua says. So your your child screams at you, or your one of your spiritual children lies about you. You love them anyway. And the closer they are to you, the more it can hurt. But Yeshua is our example. Look at what they did to him. And he bore it all. And it says the people were in awe that he didn't even fight back. He just absorbed their hatred. He absorbed their lies. He absorbed that they tore his beard. That they beat the flesh off of his body. And as he died, he said, forgive them. He's our 
example. He did this so that we can forgive anybody. And many of us walk around having not forgiven a father or a mother. Even if he's dead. If she's dead. If you were hurt by him. You have got to forgive them. Because you need to operate out of forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. I went back to see my father after my mother died. And I said, I'm so sorry for what I did. He said, what are you talking about? You didn't do anything wrong. He, he, he had repressed the whole thing. And things he did to me, I just forgave him. And that's what we need to do. That's what fatherhood and motherhood is. You don't need someone to come and bow down and not say, I apologize, forgive me. You just forgive them. And then, you're the dogma. You're the model. That's why Elisha could have looked at Elisha and said, they all call him the trouble of Israel. He's a... He's a He's not the trouble of Israel. Ahab is. Mature. The word here for, for perfect means mature. It means complete. It means something that's finished and has been paid for. Yeshua. And the Father have paid the terrible price that you and I can be strong, mature, spiritual fathers and mothers. The dedication of my Elijah book is to the sons and daughters that Peter and Danny and Reuben and some of the others of us here are raising up here. Because, because you know what? That's the legacy. It's not calling the fire down. It's not a beautiful building. It's the children. They're everything. That's why the father came out to the older son and said, everything I've got, I've given to you. You know, if anything I say this, I hope it, 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 it prompts you to want to be a father or a mother in a deeper, more sensitive, godly way. You need to know, you need to be an example. 